hey, it's coming up on the fourth quarter. What does that mean? It means you're almost done for the season, meaning this crop is going to be going going into the combine, into the grain bin very, very soon. But you know what? You can't give up. We talk a lot about that. That's what we're covering in this episode of Extreme Ags Cutting the Curve. Welcome to Extreme Ags Cutting the Curve podcast, where we cut your learning curve with insights you can apply immediately to your farming operation. This episode is presented by Loveland Products. When it comes to crop inputs, you need products that are field proven to deliver both results and value. For more than 50 years, Loveland Products has been providing farmers with high performance, value-driven product solutions designed to maximize productivity on every acre. Visit lovelandproducts.com to see how their innovative products can help you farm more profitably. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, thanks for joining us for Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. I got Ron Calhoun, he's a plant nutrition manager with Loveland Products. I've also got Kelly Garrett, and I've got Matt and Lane Miles, my buddies from McGee, Arkansas. We're talking about the fourth quarter. This is actually uh, Matt's title because let's face it, always what we do, if you tune into our stuff, we talk about rounding the bases. You got to finish strong, you got to finish strong. One of Lee Luber's big points round the bases. Well, you know what? Matt's not a baseball guy, Matt's a football guy. So, Matt said, let's talk about the fourth quarter. And before we hit record on this, Ron Calhoun said, you know what's interesting? We're in the field more than we used to be. We have more opportunities because of that last pass that maybe we would have never taken. Matt even said, you know, he's doing something this year he wouldn't have done a few years ago, going out there at, uh, you know, R5. Well, let's talk about that fourth quarter. Let's talk about that last pass. Let's talk about how to go ahead and finish this game strong. So, Ron, what are we talking about? Well, you know, just whether it's a, a high clearance sprayer or being able to get a, you know, get a helicopter or a plane out there and the way that the uh, plant health fungicides have kind of changed the way that we approach what we do, we are in the field more. And so um, I think that we can get focused on, you know, just going out there and putting out that fungicide or, or making that pass. But now we have this opportunity to maybe address some plant nutrition things. Are we doing some tissue sampling that we can incorporate into that? What are some things, you know, in another discussion that Kelly and I had talking about times of year where there's a little bit of a gap on the plant's ability to get at, maybe there's theoretically enough potassium in the soil, but there's not enough potassium for these 12 days. And so how can we supplement that? Could we put something in that tank that we could go out foliar along with what, what else we were doing? Um, making sure that we're addressing micros at reproduction, getting those plants unlocking photosynthesis by making sure that, well, you feel silly to have your micronutrients be limiting on your ability to reach your potential. And so I think it's I think it's an exciting thing to be able to sneak some other things into the tank when you're already going through the field. Matt and Lane, you guys are doing something that very late that you would have not done just a few years ago. What are you doing? You said you're going to do an R5 application? Yeah, so so you know, normally I, I say normally years years past, probably before extreme ag, you know, it was all just it was throw fer fertilizer out there, you know, three four times during the V stages. Once it tasseled, you put a put a shot of fertilizer on, it was over with. Now we we tend to do things a little bit different. We take some of these stress mitigation products, fertilizers, fungicides. We didn't even use the fungicide up till what a couple three years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, Doing that later in the corn's life in that R5 range to see if we can't bump yield just a little bit. What what we're seeing is is if you really pay attention to the demand curves of these plants, it's pretty eye-opening. You know, a lot of these nutrients that we front load early because Kelly uses this word all the time and I love it. We hit the easy button. You know, the easy button is to 
make sure you get all this stuff done early. The plant's small. You don't have to worry about running over it. It's too big. You don't have to hire an airplane. That's the easy button. What we've seen is these demand curves for a lot of these nutrients come way later in the season than, than what we ever even maybe even thought of or wanted to even fool with. And so that's where we've kind of changed our approach. Not only do we spoon feed because of our soil types, but those last applications in that fourth quarter are way more important than we ever dreamed they were once you look at the demand curve of the plants. Kelly, is that accurate? You know, uh, the easy button really just meant that what we always did was we, we front loaded everything. And it's, right. it's like giving a, you know, it's like giving a, a baby all of his nutrition all at once. Like, no, it's got, it's got to be ongoing, right? Yes, especially here with the hills we deal with and things like that, we typically haven't made the uh, foliar applications that Matt or Chad would, things like that, because of the lay of the land here, uh, especially in corn. In beans, you know, the ground rig will go out there. We started putting our fungicide on with the ground rig. That was unheard of here until just a few years ago. Uh, now there's other people doing it. We see an uh, advantage there because of the water. We continue to push fertility later. The potassium is needed later and later. The, the micronutrients are needed later and later. And uh, we see a big payoff from that. And, you know, now we're making a V10 pass in corn. We'll again make a VT pass in corn to put the fungicide on. Then we'll make an R5 pass. Last year, we had about a 14 bushel yield advantage with the R5 pass. We're going to expand mm -hmm. upon that. Ron, uh... Is that happening on a lot of the farms in America? This many passes is probably not, right? Well, I don't know about that many passes, but definitely, definitely more passes. Matter of fact, there's, you know, there's places where we just don't have the uh, the airplane or the helicopter capacity to try to meet the demand uh, because so many people are looking at this. Particularly as you see, again, uh, we talked about those plant uh, plant health fungicides and what that bring. You know, even if it wasn't for yield um there's a demand on the plant to metabolize those fungicides to get those well translocated through the plant to get them to where they need and have them work properly so even if we're applying nutrition with that to just kind of pay for the energy cost that we're asking that plant to put up to maintain so we can get those fungicides uh they don't give them away right and so to be able to get the most out of that investment partnering that with something that's not necessarily looking to push the plant but to keep the plant from having another one of those off days. By the way, uh, Kelly, you and I said something interesting. Uh, it was uh, this spring uh, in your part of the world, uh, an entire field had washed away. Mike Evans, your grandma took a picture of it. And I said, you know, what's interesting to me. The person that uh, has that field blames the weather. They don't blame the practices. They don't blame anything. And that's kind of what we're talking about here is that you have a bad year and it's, it's never things that you could have prevented. Again, you can't change the weather, but the stuff you're talking about, you're talking about going out there when even just a few years ago, it's not something you would do and you're seeing a return. You actually are seeing, you're seeing a benefit of going out there, hiring a helicopter to go out for $37 an acre of a treatment is something you wouldn't have done a few years ago. And probably some people still will think it doesn't pay off. They'll you know blame the weather and you know, blame whatever other thing, not something they could have done. You're doing it. Exactly. You know, only about 30% of the acres even put fungicide on. So that would be your VT pass. We're, we're not only making that pass, we're making two others and we're seeing an economic benefit from all of it. Uh, again, moving the fertility later, putting stress mitigation products on, uh, whatever the crop needs, you know, Mike Evans and my son Connor are out there taking tissue analysis, soil tests, things like that. 
we're constantly analyzing what's going on and making adjustments to the plan. Ron, is that a true number? 30%, only 30% of America's farmland acres get hit with a fungicide? Yeah, I, I bet Kelly's got a good a good feel for that. I do feel like a lot of the, you know, it is uh, not widely adapted as much as it seems. It's just grown so much in the last few years. The number seems big, but when you look at all the acres that are out there, it's probably still something like that. Didn't it used to be that uh, you only used fungicide if it was if it was if the prices were up? Uh, like you, you're convinced. I mean, it's like it was almost like they they had the wrong idea. Like instead of doing it as a practice, did it only on certain conditions, and it was nothing about the crop. It was about their their financial situation, wasn't it? And that the old we've, story. We've, we've already had that conversation this morning. That thirty percent number came from our good friend Mike Busing, and he told me how many dollars worth of fungicide he had in his shop that he was figuring on selling. And with all the dry weather here, he was getting pretty nervous if anybody's actually going to put it on. And with this rain last night, uh, Mike Busing is breathing a lot easier today that his fungicide acres will be where they should be. Well, then I it's, it's interesting that sometimes we uh, we think about investing when the prices are up. But I think those are conditions where everybody can be successful. When prices mm -hmm. are down, all you have is yield. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was fixing to say, Mr. Ron, is we get so tied up in, well, corn price is good and our yield looks good. So let's put on this 10 bushel an acre increase in yield. Mm -hmm. That 10 bushel an acre increase in yield is there no matter if the price is good, bad, the weather's good or bad. If it works, it works, you know, unless there's some kind of restraining factor that only makes it work in certain conditions. You know, we lose the fact that a lot of times we're putting dollars on the table by not applying these products because of yep. certain conditions. Yeah. So uh, this isn't really a fungicide subject. It's more about the fourth quarter. So let's talk about what's going on fourth quarter at McGee, Arkansas. Uh, and I think it's interesting. You want to start with corn since you said you're rather new to the corn game for you uh, just tuning in um, down in the Delta region, um, cotton and, uh, and, uh, and double crop beans after wheat, but corn wasn't the wasn't the Miles Farms thing. So, how many years you've been putting corn out? A decade. Yeah, we started in two thousand and eight. Okay. So fifteen years. So you're in your sixteenth season of having corn, and you're going to do a fourth quarter pass. You're going to go out there when all the neighbors think that you should probably just uh, you know hang it up. You're going out there, and what are you putting on? Uh, we'll we'll put on some fertility. Uh, actually, I've got exactly what we'll put on. We'll put on some potassium. We'll put on a little bit of nitrogen, uh, micro pack, uh, humic fulvic blend, and and probably some type of sugar with that, just to kind of boost that energy and keep that plant going. Now, this is new for us. I don't have any data on this other than Kelly and Chad and Temple and different ones that's done it. Uh, Kevin Matthews has done it in the soybeans. We did it on both R five on the soybeans and the corn both, and we're looking for some pretty good results. So what we done was. We did, you know, certain fields that, you know, of course, our NCGA type fields that we're trying to push the yields all we can right. and taking another strip in fields and doing it to that same time frame, you know, same thing with the VT pass. So we did the VT pass. We added a bunch of fertility and then we so we're going to have some real good data, you know, as to both different late fourth quarter applications, which ones work, because we're definitely in the fourth quarter right now on on our on our soybeans and corn for sure yeah so by the way we're recording this on july 5th so to put that in perspective uh you know the combines will be rolling in uh mcgee arkansas uh what 
August 25th or something? Probably 30 days. We'll yeah, be, okay. we're within 30 days of harvest. Okay. Early, early August, first week of August or so. Um, by the way, how are you putting on this last pass four weeks before the combine's rolling? You're, you're doing it on with a ground rig? No, it's all airplane. You're being flown on. And we're fortunate to have a lot of air services. There's one, you know, there's three in our, just in within 10 miles of here. So as far as the demand that Mr. Ron was talking about, uh, it gets a little hairy at times. We, we're very blessed to have plenty of aerial applicators here. Ron said before we hit record that he wants to go and visit the Miles Farm in McGee, Arkansas. I've been there. First off, uh, you don't, it, it's very humid. It's very hot. And also what he's talking about, um, if you're like a person that has sort of a post-traumatic stress disorder, you don't want to be there because there were airplanes like, I mean, the whole time, like you want to duck for cover. I'm telling you, it's just a buzz around there nonstop. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Fourth quarter. What are you doing in your fourth quarter, Kelly? The fourth quarter to me, fourth, I guess. Fourth quarter, you're talking about going with the air. Well, you're going to go over the beans because you can do that with a ground rig, right? Right. Very last now, pass. Fourth, the very last pass. You're going to be doing it in your part of the world, I'm going to guess, like for Labor Day? Um, You know, maybe a little before that. It, it depends on the maturity of the corn. But, yeah, it'll be uh, August 15th or so probably. Okay. You know, there will be potentially be an insecticide. This year we might add a, a – PGR for the next round, which we've not done before. I believe that we'll do that. There will be some potassium acetate and there'll be some micronutrients. All right. What do you, what is your recommendation, Ron? Somebody comes to you and says, I want to get bigger yields. Uh, and you say, you know what you need to do? You need to go out there and do a fourth quarter pass. What are you going to tell them? Well, uh, again, for me, it's all about maintaining those solar panels, right? I want to keep those leaves I want to keep those leaves pumping energy into the plant. And so I'm probably looking at something that's a combination of uh, nitrogen and potassium uh, to kind of provide that provide that energy. Uh, we have something called Maximum Impact K, which has that potassium acetate, like Kelly uh, mentioned. Um, and the, uh, the nitrogen that's in there is in a triazone form. Um, and so what you get is, uh, instead of getting a flush, you kind of get a, a nice uh, a nice feed from that over an extended period, whether that comes out maybe seven, 10 days after you after you put that on there. From a micronutrient perspective, um, you know, again, um, I'm probably, uh, I'm probably trying to think about, you know, with the things that we need for moving nutrients around, boron is always going to be important. When we look at, at, at uh, tissue, we don't think about uh, uh, you know, boron that late in the season, but boron is this catalyst that helps nutrients move around the plant. And so it's always important. Uh, you know, Matt and mentioned a little about NCGA. When I look at uh, some of the common things between some of those NCGA folks, they're putting boron on at every opportunity, right? Because they, they've seen, they've seen the importance of that. Um, and so hey, Ron, I guess I would also to, just hey, say, Ron, you need yeah. to meet, you need to meet a man named Chad Henderson. He never met, he, he I'm, I'm telling you, I, that guy sleeps with a tub of boron like for a pillow. He's all <laughs> about the boron. I've, I'm, I'm telling you, he's, he, you, you and him would get hit it off. Great. All right. Sure. No more boron. All right. Fourth quarter. What else do I need to know? You're the, you're the plant nutrition manager. You haven't even talked about your. You haven't talked about your products yet. You're not even out here pitching your products. Do I need to put any of your stuff in? I'd be I'd be happy to do that. Uh, well, you know, while they're talking about fourth quarter, one I, one thing I would say for third quarter, and for some of us that's still going to be relevant, 
is um, it, we've seen the benefit from radiate like in furrow. We've seen the benefit from radiate on those early passes. Uh, we have an iteration of that product called Radiate Next, uh, which has some additional components in that. That uh, one of the things that does is it opens up uh, it opens up some some uh, uh, feature in the plant called aquaporons, which are essentially these tubes for pulling water into the plant. And as those things get limiting later in the season, trying to get more uh, water and energy uh, out of that plant by sort of spoofing the plant, um, that it's getting some photosynthetic benefit. Uh, by a compound that you put on that tells the plant, hey, everything's good, keep going. So in a way, it kind of plays into that uh, that stress space. But really, it's, uh, it's I would call it more the encouragement for the coach. Hey, we got a fourth quarter to come here. I need everything you got. Time to get back out there and keep going. So that's sort of the messaging that that Radiate Next would provide as you go into that fourth quarter. And then looking at a good micro pack. And when you pick out a good micro pack, for goodness sake, make sure that it's something that your plant can use foliar. Okay. There's lots of them out there that have a chelation on them that's more appropriate for the soil. And sometimes those are going to be what appear to be less expensive. But if you put on 100% of something that's not available, that actually becomes more expensive. All right. So put on a product that's going to be properly chelated to be able to drive through that leaf. We have a Reax line that uses these. Uh, really small hyperactive carbon compounds to help drive some of those micronutrients through the plant. We have a product called Reax, uh, Reax uh, Complete. That's a micro product. Um, we also have a product called NutriSync Complete. And, and both of those are going to have a chelation that's appropriate for foliar uptake. And they work, you know, they work really well at some of those lower water volumes that we're using. I think it's interesting. You just this is the first time in all the recordings we've done where you said make sure you get the right type of micro pack. Wasn't it, Kelly, that you and I talked? Uh, you were big on plant growth regulators. You're kind of out there in the front of the curve on that. But all PGRs are not the same. There's kind that should be going on at time of planting. There's time that should be going on, you know, vegetative stage versus reproductive stage. I didn't know that about micro packs. Uh, is this something that you guys knew? I mean, is everybody here is, uh, or is this new to you also that micro packs can we, vary based on? Well, we try to shy away from anything that would be called an EDTA, and we try to use that our sulfate based is is what we prefer to use here. And ideally, we would like to use some that are amino amino acid based. Those would be the best, most plant available ones. That's true. Yeah, so on the derived yes. from statement, you're going to want to look for amino acids. You're going to want to look for citric acid chelation. Yep. Um, but if you see things like uh, EDTA, you see some of these heavier uh, chelations, they're just more appropriate for soil applied and not really going to give you uh, the benefit that you're looking from from a foliar perspective. Exactly. Lane and Matt, you're nodding your head. By the way, you didn't even disagree when I said it was like some sort of a war zone down there with all those airplanes flying over. I'm telling you, it's a little discombobulating. Um, all right. Fourth quarter. This was your subject, Matt. Get me out of here. Yeah. Just, just, you know, like we talk about, just keep, keep looking at it. Look at your demand curves, look at what your plant needs and the timing it needs it and don't give up. That's what right, I'm going to throw it out there. Anybody that wants to answer it, somebody's going to watch this and they're going to be inspired but here's the thing they got to know. When is it too late? When do I, when am I just, when am I just throwing good money after bad? When, when is it too late? Ron, your perspective, Matt, Lane, Kelly, who's got it? R, R5 is as late as you want to go. With anything. Yep. Because you're, you're, it's, there's not going to be any bang for your buck. And then some people would even question whether that's too late, right? They would. And, you know, I would tell you this. 
some people that aren't putting on the fungicide, aren't taking care of the stress and the health earlier in the season, uh, R5, it isn't like it's a magic bullet. R5 might be too late because the plant health might not be good enough. You not, might not be doing anything. You know, it, it starts at the beginning. You got to carry it all the way through. There will be a certain amount of growers that should not do things at R5. Because it's just, it's not going to give them any, it's not going to give me bang for the buck. The plant's probably already dying because of poor stress, poor health, poor, poor nutrition balance. I mean, it could be several factors. R5 could be too late for a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Kelly's right on that. You've got to start strong and then, and then not get, you know, if you didn't start strong and your plant's already weak, Kelly's 100% right. You probably will not get the ROI out of these products that you will if you've had that healthy plant the whole time. Okay, so You need to evaluate that before you spend the money. And in that case, these these plants shouldn't be involved in the fourth quarter. They should be on the bench. <laughs> so basically, you can only you can only benefit from a very late fourth quarter application if you've done some stuff along the way. You're not gonna you're not gonna save it. Is that what I'm hearing? I don't think so. Yeah, you're not gonna save it. All right, Ron. Last thought. No, I, these these guys are amazing. Uh, I I couldn't agree more. Uh, uh, Hail Mary at the end of the game is only gonna score you one touchdown. And if you're down big because you didn't play well the rest of the game, uh, it's not gonna you're not gonna see some of the benefit there. But uh, I just I super enjoy this conversation and the idea that we're thinking about all of the factors uh, going into this to kind of keep that plant going um, is is quite enjoyable. I appreciate being able to uh, join with you guys here today. You're awesome. His name is Ron Calhoun, plant nutrition manager for Loveland. If you want to learn more about any of this stuff he talked about, go to lovelandproducts.com. I'm Damian Mason, joined by Matt and Lane Miles and Kelly Garrett. This is Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve podcast, otherwise known as the place for agricultural information that uses more sports analogies and metaphors than any other agricultural podcast. That's what we do right here at Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve but there is plenty more available by visiting extremeag.farm. For over 50 years, farmers have turned to the proven lineup of crop inputs offered by Loveland Products. From seed treatments, plant nutrition, adjuvant and crop protection products, Loveland has the complete lineup to keep your farming operation productive and most importantly, profitable. Check out lovelandproducts.com to learn more.